Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. I wanted to say that I have this really, I'm really excited about uh, the potential of this group level of participation where we're all like bringing that self-study into our lives. As we know, the yogic tradition has always recommended self-study, Ishwara Pranidhana, as a method for realization. Um, but also, I remember back when we were doing Marco Polo last summer when everybody got really excited about that and was like bringing it into their lives a lot and contributing. And I was like bringing, uh, dictating or writing down your words and putting it into the newsletter. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but Babaji loved that so much. He was so overjoyed by seeing all these different people like working with this material and sort of generating this content. And um, I was thinking that this could be another opportunity for us to try that. So as you're writing and your reflections and as we're sharing in the next few minutes, um, consider, consider writing it out, writing out that little paragraph, putting a little extra work into it, a couple of sentences and, and emailing me with it. Cause I would, I think it would be amazing if we could have a little prompt and then some reflections from us in the newsletter. I think I remember Babaji, it was like the peak. I was like, oh my God, I think we finally achieved it. What he was seeking this whole time. So anyway, just putting that out there. But let's just dive into Sutra 3.36. So this is where we left off. Um, the Sutra, Beda Tirakskare Sargantara Karmatvam. The yogi drives away the field of difference, of differentiated perceptions, and enters into a new world of God consciousness. So we somehow are driving away difference, and that very act raises us up to an experience. Um, the first, the part one of our take home pocket sutra uh, had this quote um, When you fix your awareness not in just two, but in three, you are carried to God consciousness and you become one with God consciousness. This triple awareness is the junction, the gap between any two actions, such as inhaling and exhaling, exhaling and inhaling. It goes on to say one step and another step. Um, one event and another event and so how did that go for you over the last couple of weeks um where did you find that space between um in your day you know and how did that affect your experience in any situation in which it arose so some quiet time here if anybody would like to contribute we can all just find our breath Um, something that just arose for me in this moment about finding that space is I notice when I'm teaching or when I'm talking, if I don't allow the space before I respond, it's a lot more 
common that I'm responding like from my mind or like from a pattern. And if I can pause and it can be even awkward, you know, like to, to pause and like give that space. But if I allow myself to do that, I respond like from a totally different place. And what made me recall that was the pause that Satyam gave us just now. And it, you know, sort of like he gave us that space and it can be kind of uncomfortable, right? We're so used to like constantly having this fullness, constantly having the reaction um, and in that like space of potential and feeling that like slight discomfort in myself, um, I realized how, how helpful <laughs> that, that discomfort can be in like becoming more present and real with whatever fills the space consciously after the space has been created so anyone else feel a little uncomfortable with space <laughs> Gita do you want to share something <laughs> yeah I can uh, identify with the uncomfortableness this week I had an example of that of feeling the space I was in a meeting and I was asked by um one of the people in it, why I had uh, made such and such decision. And my first inclination would have been to just kind of gloss it over and uh, make it pretty. And uh, kind of uh, spare his feelings. But I could feel the space open up and I thought, no, I have to be truthful. And, you know, it was, I, I said, well, I need you just to be a space holder for the moment. And uh, it, it turned out really, it, it was a little awkward at the moment, but the energy uh, he could feel was sincere and useful. So uh, I'm really glad I had that feeling of the gap before I did what I would typically do is just uh, be nice and not sincere. Do you want to? If you're feeling it, you can. Okay. Um, but I think, yeah, you, I'll be able to hear you. Thanks so much for sharing that, Gita. This is really awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's amazing how even if the person that you were working with isn't a yogi, like how other people can really feel where you're coming from and that you took the time to not just respond from a pattern, which is easier for us, easier for them, um, is um, congratulations, amazing. And I loved what you said, like you could feel that there was a space for something new to come through or that something was bubbling up and um in order to feel that opening you have to be really present you know otherwise we just miss it we like walk right over it you know 
right into our pattern. Um, and when we have the courage and the presence to do what you did, it's like often we're rewarded. It doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable, right? Because you guys do this practice, <laughs> you know, that we um, certainly don't avoid discomfort. Um, but the reward came in like how things unfolded despite being keeping it real and that being hard. Um, thanks so much for sharing. I saw lots of nods. Hey, Bob, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was like looking all over my papers trying to decide which question you were asking. So I'm sorry. Um, I said that uh, in two different ways, this pause helps me. One is on the cushion. Um, if I am able to get myself into a place where it is momentarily very quiet, it, um, it kind of shines a spotlight on a part of my mind that my small self doesn't get to experience. Uh, and that's a very joyful thing. And then also uh, off the cushion, just as uh, I'm sure everyone experiences this, where if you do, if you find yourself in a situation of interaction, where somebody says something and you feel like you have to react, but you pause, I pause, and instead of reacting, I just act. Uh, a, a reaction is, is often just something that whips out of my unconscious and makes the next, the other person angry or confused or whatever. But if I can be very quiet and um, speak from that place, then usually something gets said and it gets appreciated by the person I'm interacting with. Thanks, Bob. I think finding that, that quiet space of acting from, from the present and not from a pattern. Yeah, that, and, and you know, it's different every day too. I feel like um, the more intense the samskara that's hit, the, the more intense the pattern that's, that's uh, triggered the, the more challenging it is to allow for that space. And almost that space becomes like a litmus test for surrender. And now, if you can't feel the space, which I think I've been in that situation, you know, you get, there'll be a, an emotion will be taking over you. It could be a good emotion or a bad emotion, any of them. And what goes first is the space. There's, it's like, you know, I remember, I, I don't like to use food analogies anymore because you overuse them. But, you know, it's just like 
I remember eating cake once and being like, oh, I can't wait to have another piece of cake. And I was like, I'm eating the cake. It's in my mouth right now. Why am I thinking about the next piece? It's literally in my mouth. This is the experience. And I was not, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, so, you know, it's like the space is the first thing that goes when we're like either really attached or the opposite. And they can be really upset and you're having this back and forth. And it's like, even just pausing for a minute is so hard because you just, ah, it's just this, if you just, you know, so yeah, that space becomes a litmus test for surrender. Thanks for bringing that up. Comment here one sec, let me just uh, mute. You can unmute there. And do you think she should? Hi. Okay. I'm Dandy. Um, yeah, I can relate with this because this morning I had this really beautiful meditation and I was kind of thinking about the space in between everything, like in between my heartbeat and in between every pulse of energy, like it's really such a crucial part of, of everything. And then I had a hard lesson in that after this beautiful, blissful meditation of like, I was thinking of doing one thing after I was getting ready to do something. And I was kind of that in-between space of like wanting to do something and then actually doing it. I was kind of not fully present and I broke something <laughs> in between this time. And then I was like, but I wasn't present in between this space of like wanting to do something. And then I was already thinking about the next thing that I wanted to do like this, this bite of cake that he was talking about, <laughs> you know, so. I think it can be a really blissful thing, um, you know, but it was funny that I had that lesson right after I noticed it in such a beautiful way. <laughs> this morning, I was like, wow, it really brings me to my heart space, focusing on the moments in between each heartbeat. It's like, really, you really have to like, really feel it out to feel that. So um, yeah, that was kind of my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know if you want to jump in. Um, yeah, again, another litmus test. It's uh, that space between. We were literally in between breakfast and the morning meeting. And you had, <laughs> it was literally an in-between space. And it was just like, gosh. And then, you know, and then, but you grew from it. You know, it just like you worked with it. And, uh, and I'm sure I was telling her, I was like, let's let this be the small thing we break today. And learn from and we don't have to break any bigger things <laughs> if we really breathe with this one so anyway thanks dandy handling the space between activities it's real mm -hmm. well you know we're actually we that's great any last comments on this before we move forward i know there was another part to our reflections but that one sort of took off there and uh it's about that's the, the time we have for that first one Last, if any last comments or, or questions. Okay. So again, just to plant the seed, if something really came through for you, even, you know, I literally think the comments that we just had, all of them would be very valuable if you took a few extra minutes of your day and just typed it out. I know you're like, well, he's not talking to me. 
uh, I'm talking to you. Uh, and he's like, well, he won't know if I don't do it. Somebody else will do it. No one else will do it. If you don't do it, no one will do it. It's, it's, there's a story about that I could tell another time. It's called the wooden nickel. Anyway, um, so if you could do it and type it out and email it to me, wow, that'd be fun. Newsletter, Babaji. And it'll make Babaji yeah. happy. So happy. All right, so we're going to transition now to our new material, but let's give our minds a little break and just do a little bit of tension release just to sort of flush and prepare. And so you, for those of you, many of you know how to do this already, just go right into your work. I know there are some of us in the room that this might be the first time, but they could use a little guidance, so I'll guide a little. <clears throat> the hands are outstretched just above the floor, spine is long. Breathing into the nose for five to seven seconds and trying to visualize a crystal clear prana flowing in through the third eye, down the throat to the heart. Holding the breath there in the heart, that space between, allowing that expansion to take place in the heart, imagining all this debris that we carry with us being cleaned up and circulated. And then as we exhale for five to seven seconds, visualize that smoky, ashy substance flowing out of the heart, down the arms and out your palms and fingertips, dissolving as soon as it hits the atmosphere. Continue with that pranayama and that visualization. Five to seven seconds in, something so clear and fresh. Pausing that space in between, feeling that expansion in the heart as the prana circulates and cleans out all the cracks. And for that same length of time, we'll be visualizing letting go of that smoky, ashy substance down the arms, out the hands. Continue at your own pace, a couple more breaths. Really try to let the mind totally empty out. Let the heart become a focal point. Really feel how the exhale is a deep release after your next one. Just sort of let that last one really let it go. Flicking out fingertips, wiping off arms. We'll approach our next sutra. <clears throat> Karana Shakti Svakto Nabhavat. Karana Shakti Svakto Nabhavat. Try it on your own. The power of creation is the experience of every individual. All right. So before we jump into the sutra, raise your hand if you consider yourself uh, creative. Okay. Keep your hand up. Raise your hand if you think you have an imagination. Raise your hand if you dream at night. Keep your hands up. Raise your hand if you've ever seen an animal in the clouds, a dragon, Ganesh. Yes. So that's all of us. 
And according to the yogic tradition, um, we are all, if your hand is up, and now you can lower it. I know it's a long time. If your hand was up, uh, you are considered uh, a sentient being, and you have the power of creation. Uh, and it is absolutely a universal capacity, according to the yogic tradition, that is shared by all of us. It's something we all have in common, and it's something we all have. You guys know the studies that say, you ask a group of five-year-olds, if you're an artist or if you're creative, all of them raise their hand. And then you ask a group of 55-year-olds and not as many raise their hands. So we sort of just grow into this understanding that creative means certain external things. To the yogi, creativity is at the core of our very being. Unfortunately, though, our creativity uh, is usually trapped at the surface of our reality. We tend to spend our time rearranging what's already been created instead of allowing new things to be created through us. The yogi tradition teaches us how to create our, recreate our lives through our actions, our thoughts, and eventually our very state of being. Pranayama and asana teach us how to create a better active life, better actions in our life. Mantra teaches us how to create clearer thinking and meditation working with our heart, you know, literally creates a better state of being. And once we learn how to work with our actions, our thoughts, and our being, according to this sutra, we become our own source of happiness. This takes time though, because we have to learn how to focus our awareness inside without an object. As the Vigyana Bhairava tells us, when you experience happiness, go to the source. Well, that takes a lot of practice. But when we're able to do that, the happiness begins to flow from the inside out. And in that way, we literally become our own wish-fulfilling tree. And that's not me talking. That's the end of this sutra talking. So let's jump into the text. I have a volunteer to read the first stanza. Radharani, how you doing? Can you read it for us? And Anandamal, you'll be next. It is the experience of each and every individual being that while they are in the dreaming state or using their imagination, they have the power to create and destroy as they will. Karana Shakti. So in this way, the power of creation is experienced by every individual and is universal. So according to the thoughts, the yogi chooses every individual being has the power of knowing and acting. In this respect, it is said in the Pratyabhinya Karika. And sorry, so, there's a typo in it. Just read this last part again, but I'm sorry, for some reason I wrote it twice, but go ahead. Where? where? Just keep going from right where you're at. So according okay. to... Okay, so according to the thoughts they choose, Every individual being has the power of knowing and acting. Oh, I see what you said. That is. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. A little typo in there. Um, so we're all creative beings. 
This creativity is experienced by every individual and is universal. And in this respect, jumping down to the bottom, um, according to the thoughts we choose, every individual has the power of knowing and acting. Meaning that we all have the power of, of creating our lives once we can work with our mind, work with our actions. The actions you choose, the thoughts you choose, um, they create your life. Um, and I wanted to pull in this quote from the Buddha um, that is just one of those ancient quotes. Anandama, can you read this one? We are what we think. All that we arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with an impure mind and trouble will follow you. As the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with a pure mind and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable, the Buddha. Thanks, Anandama. So once we learn how to work with our mind and to guide our thoughts and guide our actions, we literally begin to create our world. And according to the Buddha and according to the sutras, happiness is what arises as we learn how to do this. Um, I wanted to just take a moment and we're not going to go into this deeply, but just to remind us that in the cosmic map of creation, according to the yogic tradition, there's a, a, a will, there's like an urge, and that creates a thought, and that creates an action. So when we consciously work with our actions, we literally are working way up towards Shiva. When we consciously work with our thoughts, and then eventually with our very, with our will, with our being. So this is saying, you know, as we start to work our way up this ladder, we become Shiva, uh, is how the sutra ends up, how it ends up putting it. And, and that is, means we become happier because it is a blissful state. So let's pause there for a moment. See if there's any questions or comments right away, just about this first half of our work. Sure, Radharani, go for it. So I feel like I've heard that a lot, like you create your world, you create your circumstances. And I've never really like, doesn't seem real to me. Like, um, but lately, the last year, I've realized in a month, maybe in a mundane level, right? Like how you really create that it's uh and thinking about the thoughts and how can you be become happier also depending on your thoughts um like i've seen how in certain situations each of us is the same situation and each of us will have a completely different interpretation of that and that's us creating our world so 
it's like they say, like witness, witness. Uh, sometimes witness accounts are not reliable because literally each person can have a different story to tell from the same uh, occurrence. Like whatever is happening, depending on how I what my filter is. So I've seen this so much this last year at many different work situations that um, it's really like have come to life a little bit to me, like how I can decide how I can, I want to see that situation. If I want to put more filters and make it a little murkier, or if I want to, if my, if my thoughts can be a little more forgiving and being a little clearer. And it has helped me become a little, I don't know if happier, but less emotionally, you know, going up and down with situations that I, you know, I don't have to interpret everything. I can just maybe, I don't know if I'm explaining myself very well, but not let my thoughts lead me through the wrong path <laughs> just because I want to go down there, but just let things go. Or maybe think about the pause, just pausing a little more and letting things be. So this is one of those, those things that for years I've been like, How's that possible? You create your world. <laughs> that sounds weird to me. <laughs> but uh, in a small and mundane level, I think you mm. could really mm. create such certain situations. I, what I I'm so glad you brought it up because I think that this is one of the sort of the classic. You might call it cliche, but but not with a negative intonation, but just something we've heard when we hear sort of from a lot of different sources. Uh, you create your own reality. And for me, the experience of the sutra has been, I started there and I was like, it didn't really hit me. And then I started looking around and watching at the energy I put into, it, the energy we are actively putting into creating our reality, whether we realize it or not. You know, the thoughts that we focus on, we're choosing to focus on and refocus on and refocus on and refocus on. And it's literally like recreating this world constantly. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then realizing like, am I choosing this thought or am I just repeating it? And then asking myself, what would it take to just not choose that thought again right now? And I'm like, whoa, it's actually really hard. And so I, yeah, I've seen this, uh, this sutra come, it's come to me in a very similar way that it seems sounds like it's coming to you, where at first it seemed obvious, but then when you really take stock of what you're capable of as a practitioner, it's, uh, you get a little, or I feel like I've gotten a little glimmer of something that I was taking for granted, you know? And so, yeah, just behoove you and, or any of us over the next week to really ask ourselves, am I, what, what part of this reality am I sort of perpetuating right now? You know, what part of, am I choosing these thoughts? Am I choosing this action or am I reacting as Bob was telling us? Anyway, it's something worth considering. Because according to the yogic tradition, that's where we start. According to the Buddha, that's where you start. Start with your actions. Start with your thoughts. You know, move smoothly through your day. 
do mantra through your day and ask yourself, am I creating my reality right now? Is this working? You know, be a scientist, put it to the test. Sometimes until you put something to the test, you're not even paying attention. So good uh, comment, Radharani, thanks for inspiring that. I want to jump into one more part of the suture that we can work with throughout the week. And that sort of alludes to this process that we sort of take home with us. That is this next quote here. Um, I'm going to skip that slide. Okay. Someone who hasn't spoken tonight, Usha, maybe, you want to read this one? Or Eldo, or let's see. Looks like Usha's unmuting, maybe. Okay. okay. So when it is proven that the power <clears throat> Karana Shakti to create and destroy already exists, then when they you when they yogi desires oh, yeah. with an intensity, I mean the. Do you want me to say the yogi? The yogi. When, when the yogi desires with an intense force of awareness, that desire will come true not only in the dreaming state or world of imagination, but also in the waking state. It is also said in the Tattva Garbha that those individuals who are masters of the dreaming state and the world of imagination discard the absence of the establishment of awareness and secure and strengthen the power of their awareness. Then their desire becomes just like the heavenly, heavenly wish fulfilling tree. Thanks, Usha. So when we, just to revisit, up here. So when we realize that we can create and destroy our reality, when you when we realize that, then when we start to put our attention in a certain direction, it has the capacity to really come true, not just in our thoughts. But in reality, in today's terminology, this is commonly referred to as like manifesting, although that's not where we end as yogis. Um, in fact, I've sort of heard Babaji refer to that as like, it's, it's almost like getting off the train too early. Like you, there's so much more to go, you know, but it does, it is real that like when you actually start to understand you have this capacity, you can, as previous sutras have said, move mountains, but hopefully the mountains you're moving are mountains of tension and you're not actually spending too much time moving actual mountains. Any case, um, I want to get to this last part. This is where the this is where the work is. Um, when these individuals, which are us, by the way, in case you're wondering, this is us. When these individuals have realized that this is possible and they have a practice, when they begin to, this is the hard part to understand, but it's real. Discard the absence of the establishment of awareness and secure and strengthen the power of their awareness. What does that mean? Discard the absence of established awareness. Things that we're used to establishing our awareness in are our thoughts, our objects, experiences, things around us. Those are the places we're used to um, encountering our awareness. When we can uh, 
allow those things to go, but maintain our inner awareness, but maintain it, then something magical happens. So when we can surrender the object, for example, as the big Yanabhairava says, when we're experiencing happiness, when we can surrender the object just for a moment and go to the source of that happiness that is not the object, that is a powerful practice. It literally brings you to the source of joy inside. And that practice becomes the wish-fulfilling tree. Because if you can do that practice, you can find your happiness in any setting. And isn't that all the wish-fulfilling tree is? Anything you ask a wish-fulfilling tree for, you're asking so it'll make you happy, right? So it's not really about the object the tree gives you. The magic of the tree is that it can bestow happiness. Well, what if you found that source in yourself, then you become it. And that's where the sutra concludes, essentially, is that you, when you can do this, become your own wish-fulfilling tree. So any, I apologize on the timing. It seems to be going so quickly tonight and it is what it is. Um, but in order for us to meditate, we do want to jump into that soon. But any questions or comments just right off the bat and we will begin here next week with our discussion, of course. As we meditate tonight, we're going to literally try to put this into action to try to work and find that state of awareness inside that's free of objects, but yet is radiant. Um, All right. Oh, please, you'll get to go ahead. Okay. Sometimes I, I ask myself, you know, how did I create all this? How could I be so lucky to live in such a wonderful place and have a spiritual practice? And I think I, I have more than I could even think of. And I think it's because I, I, I have focused for 41 years on my spiritual practice. That, that this, uh, everything's not perfect, no. But, but I do I, I have a good life you know, and with, uh, with the ashram and everything. And um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the question is, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because you, your attitude, it seems like is the wish fulfilling tree itself, you know, like you have this attitude of, I have a good life. How did I get so lucky? I have all this gratitude. That is it. Like that's, that's the, it was, you know, that seems to be what the sutra is saying. It's like when we can access gratitude, we can access, when we can be present and just feel that contentment in our hearts, you know, then you, it does bestow. Uh, and again, I'm really, I'm really happy you said, you know, it's not all, as Babaji says, peaches and cream. Uh, it's not about creating this external life that's going to make us happy that misses the point. Um, but generally 
we are it is said it is taught that our we do get happier not be, for no reason you know that our situation does tend to improve sure we're going to hit huge challenges along the way but when we look back you know, we're in a different place than where we started for sure so with that let's let's um put this into practice and um, settle in and you're welcome to adjust your seat here. I'm amazed at how fast everything goes. So working our way up the, the tatvas, know actions thoughts being so our first our first level of work is with our seat is with our actions how do we establish stillness now ideally stillness is not a reflection of our effort of our grip but stillness is actually a reflection of the most harmonious way of being in the present in a given moment. When you're radiantly happy with your situation in any given moment, you would probably, it would be easy for you to just sit there in awe, observing pure beauty, a beautiful sunset, you wouldn't even think about stillness, yet you would probably just be still. So try to feel that buoyancy in your spine, that potential energy radiating. You're not gripping. You're, as Babaji might say, you're floating on the head of a pin. You're balanced. So which came first? The experience of being weightless, the experience of being balanced, of being in awe, you know, or the visualization of it. You created a reality. And then our breath is really a stepping stone from the world of actions to the more subtle layers of our being. Because the breath is something that moves, it is physical, but yet it itself is without form. And so feel the breath as you feel your body breathing, right? Allow your rib cage and your navel area to soften, 
I try to feel the smoothness of your breath. As you move your breath smoothly, your breath itself becomes smoother. Can you create a more surrendered experience with breathing right now? Or are you bound to the breath that you're bound to? How you create a smoother, more natural experience of breathing is an artistic undertaking. It's a creative experience. No one can truly tell you how to do it. It's like no one can tell you how to make a song. You have to be in it. You have to feel Notice the pauses between the breath. These are places where you can establish that connection. And then as the breath moves, it'll flow through that connection. You don't have to hold your breath. You just have to notice the pause.
bringing the mantra hum to the inhale, sa to the exhale. This mantra means I am that. I literally am that divinity, that consciousness that pulses through me like the breath. Other thoughts will arise. The thoughts you choose become your reality. Can you choose the mantra? Can you repeat it in that way that really reflects its majesticness? I am that, hamsa. The beauty of a sunset. I am that. The love you have for another person. I am that. This is what's meant by hamsa. Try to feel that as you say it to yourself. You are creating a new reality right now. This is how it works. Allow your awareness to sink down towards the heart. Continuing with the buoyant seat, the surrendered breath, and the sincere mantra. Bring all of that awareness to our heart. Each inhale draws your focus to the heart naturally. And each exhale, the heart radiates that awareness 
expand with that awareness. Each inhale draws your focus to the heart naturally. Each exhale transforms your reality effortlessly at a level beyond the mind, the level of the heart. Notice the difference between your reality when a thought arises and your experience of reality when you can pull your awareness towards the heart and you can exhale and feel the heart expand and radiate. Perhaps the greatest wish we could make if we are the wish-fulfilling tree is what Swami Rujananda once said was the greatest force in the universe. We deeply wish to grow.
Try to feel that wish as you exhale and expand in the heart. Keep that wish silently to yourself these last last minute. And notice here at the heart the conclusion of our class of your ability to secure and strengthen the power of your awareness without any established object. How it is possible uh, it is our practice. So there are so many ways to do it, and I look forward to hearing how it rises up for you in your life, this ability to move and act consciously, to work with the power of your thoughts consciously, or to work with this creative power of your being. So we'll conclude there. Namaste. As is becoming the norm, look for the Pocket Sutra uh, download. Um, it'll be up probably later today, but definitely by tomorrow morning. I'll have the link on Facebook for Sangha friends at the ashrams. Perhaps it'll be printed out for you. Um, and in any case, uh, we'll be meeting next week to talk about this work and see how it went for you. So thanks again for your focus. Namaste. Jai Jai